All right, what is up, guys? Welcome back. We are here for a very, very special episode of the Group Up podcast with two developers from the Blizzard side, and I am delighted to have them here with me. So, how you doing, John? And how you doing, Jared? Hey, doing all right. Great. Thanks for having us. Now, delighted that you guys could be here with us. So, uh, for the benefit of anyone, before we get into the questions, I thought it would make sense if you guys would just kindly introduce yourselves, who you are, and what you do in the Blizzard team. So, uh, let's start with John. I think, John, you're a bit more familiar figure to your watch players. Uh, so, go ahead and tell us. Tell us about what you do. Sure. Hey, everyone. Um, so, I am a VP on the Overwatch franchise and um, work on a whole bunch of different things, but focus on some of the marketing and community stuff, as well as um, the live operations of, of the game, our seasonal content plans, and, and some of the systems around that. Awesome. And new to us, I think, uh, is Jared. Jared, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, yeah, I'm Jared Noose. I'm the executive producer for Overwatch 2. I uh, have been on the game for like three months now. I think I started two weeks after the game launched. Uh, so so new to most people here. Awesome. And could you tell us like what you what you're kind of handle in terms of responsibilities? Like what is your role in the in the team? Yeah, yeah. My role uh, is a little bit broader than than John's. Um, uh, like to to distill it down into one big thing. I'm kind of accountable for the game uh, and like how it performs. Uh, and that's everything from you know how do players uh, uh, feel like it's going? Like are they happy? Are they unhappy about things? Uh, all the way over to, to like core KPIs or key performance indicators and, and that kind of stuff. So like, how is engagement? Like, are, are people sticking with the game or are they, they churning out because they're bored or whatever? Um, uh, how are we doing on monetization? Stuff like that that we'll talk about today. Um, pretty broadly, just making sure that, that we have like a good strategic direction and that we're heading you know towards a place that we want to be. Like, what is what is the vision for the game? The, the details of that end up being executed by folks like like John or Aaron Keller, who are, who are much smarter than I am and much more like clued into uh, specific areas. So, uh, so my job is really just about kind of setting the, the ship on a course and making sure that we're headed somewhere that's awesome. No, I mean you're being very humble there. You definitely uh, you have fantastic taste in television shows. We found out the other day, which is uh, Jared and I shared some Arrested Development memes. So he's definitely top tier with the humor at least. And yes, chat that is a doggo in the background. So essential part of all of this. So welcome to yeah, that. He's, now he's just to get old. just to get some uh, uh, just to get some points clear, we will be talking mostly about monetization, some stuff with PVE, some stuff with the new blog. Uh, and also just some general community complaints. So anything outside of that, please don't bother these guys with uh, questions about balance or anything like that. Not their departments, as you've just heard. Uh, okay, so I'm really excited to get some 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 questions and answers with you guys. But before I get into kind of what uh, I would perceive as community questions, I just wanted to get a feel for how things are from your guys' side. So you shifted from a box model to free-to-play. Uh, how's that been for you guys as a team? Like, how have you seen and received the switch to Overwatch 2? Yeah, I think um, our, our sort of broad take is generally positive. Like our, our number one reason why we shifted to the free-to-play model for, for Overwatch 2 was to significantly grow the game and give like tens of millions of players the chance to dive in and experience it where previously needing to go out and buy a box had been a real barrier for them. And so like on that number one goal, we feel pretty good like we we've seen that happen um we've been able to bring in all of the new players that we wanted to and, and everything else um but i'd also say like we've had some very real growing pains um and and clearly transitioning into the the free-to-play model has um has created some real pain points for existing overwatch one players um Going into Overwatch 2, like the number one thing we'd always heard from from existing players, particularly um, people who had been in love with Overwatch and, and then stopped playing at some point over the last few years, like the number one thing in in all of our research was always like they just wanted more content for the game. They wanted more more stuff to play and experience. They wanted faster updates, more heroes, more frequently, all of those types of things. Um, and so that had been. I think at launch, like our number one focus was how do we each season deliver new and exciting content for players? Um, but like the day that we launched, we started adding immediately to the list of, yeah, that didn't work as well as we wanted it to, or we've got an opportunity to do this better. Um, so I, I'd say like generally we're proud of and, and feel good about the launch. Um, but we also talk a lot with the team about how like October was 
really just getting to like the starting line of a long marathon and not hooray we did it everyone like pen, you know pencils down celebrate um it, it really like in the live game uh strategy that we're in every single season we need to make the game better and and make the experience better for players and so like that that work's never done yeah i mean it's great to hear and i think there is you know obviously there is going to be growing pains but i do think that we've seen the growth in the audience of Wars 2 at least anecdotally from my side i can see a lot of more viewers a lot more interest in the community so that part is great and hopefully you guys can continue to deliver uh, an awesome product with Overwatch 2 as we go on now are you ready for some of the more potentially tricky questions i, I know a lot of people have been wanting me to ask this so i'm going to straight up say it. why are the skins so expensive guys why 1900 credits uh for skins which i read in the blog now some of those will go down to 1500 but still, 1900 for a skin compared to 1000 for a battle pass. Uh, how, do you, how do you guys figure out the price points for these skins? Sure, yeah, I'll, I'll start by saying um, this is, and this is going to be a theme that I'll hit, like, on many of these topics, right? Actually, there, there's kind of, like, two themes. One is, um, it's not like for any of this that we've set something in stone. We'll never change it. We'll never revisit it. Um, I, I think... In many of these cases, we've had to sort of take our best guess. Um, but the minute that we launch any aspect of the game, we learn more about it in like the first 24 hours than all of the work that we could have done ahead of time in terms of what we thought uh, for, for how something would go. So that's sort of the first point. And, like, and you can see that with the blog that we just released about Season 3, where we are making some adjustments, for instance, to um, to the pricing for the Overwatch 1 skins. So that's just sort of one example i think of a place where we launched one way we realized that that wasn't quite hitting the mark we made an adjustment we think this is better i i don't think it's uh necessarily the perfect answer either we're gonna see how this does and, and maybe we'll adjust again but then i think the other sort of theme just to sort of say it like um the game is free and the team is bigger than it's ever been and delivering more content than we ever have. And like that, that's not free. And so systems like the battle pass and shop really are the only way that we have um, to support sustainable ongoing development of the game. And so like, you know, a system like the battle pass has a bunch of goals. We want it to feel rewarding and engaging for players and fun as you progress through it and awesome as you unlock rewards. But like, one of the goals for the battle pass is also to make money to support the ongoing development of the game. And so, you know, it's sort of, I, I think a lot of developers often shy away from saying that, but we feel like we, one of our responsibilities um, on the game is also that we want to be doing this for many, many, many years. Like we, we have a super long-term vision for, for Overwatch 2 and in order to support and do that, like, yeah, we also need some of these systems to be driving revenue every season in a way that um, that supports the team and, and all of that ongoing effort. Yeah, I yeah, appreciate just, that. Just to, Go ahead, John. I'm sorry. I was going to say, just, just to jump in, I mean, I think one of the, the things to, to keep in mind is, like, a, a lot of thought does go into these things. This isn't some sort of, like, uh, um, weird cash grab uh, uh, for, for uh, people's money, like, what we have to do is try to find that balance between, you know, what we think people will, will be excited to or willing to pay for, for something that, that they love. Um, uh, but also what do we think will actually help us to grow the team that we need to be able to add new, new content all the time. And like, you know, in a game where you, where you drop it for 60 bucks and, and then you have some sort of like stream of, of income after that, like over time, sort of the, the amount of operating room that you have with your budget gets lower and lower, right? And so because we're trying to set up a like very steady, uh, um, uh, uh, consistently growing baseline for the game, um, we have to be a little bit cautious in, in where we set things to start. And I think it's been true of every game launch I've ever been a part of that uh, you are always surprised by some number of things uh, uh, out of the gate, right? It's like that Mike Tyson quote about everybody having a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Uh, I, that's super true, right? And, and sometimes you have an idea of something that's going to work perfectly, and it doesn't. And then sometimes you toss in some like really small thing that you think no one will even notice, and it becomes like kind of the key to the game. And so uh, I think we're still in that sort of learning phase from launch, and all these things will will you know be revisited constantly over time. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. it's about finding the balance between what's fair for you guys in terms of you know making money so you can continue to make this game versus what's fair to the players. 
Uh, I also want to quickly acknowledge if you guys see frame drops occasionally, it's just because my internet service provider is screwing me. If you miss any part of it because of frame drops, all of this will go uh, straight onto YouTube without any of those frame drops. So if you like, what did John say for the first five seconds of that? It'll be on the YouTube uh, in a bit. So apologies for that. Um, do you see, so, you know, I think I think most people feel like the battle pass is, is quite fairly priced. It's often the skins that have been the kind of pain points. How much time does it take to make like a legendary skin? Like we know the mythic you guys said takes like a year. But like, how much yeah. how much dev work does it take to make like a legendary skin? It's something like I mean, they're, they're all a little bit different, and I think it's important to call out that like uh, uh, this is maybe intuitive to everybody, but a skin for Diva uh, obviously takes a lot more because you're you're you have two different models that, that you're working with. Um, uh, Ramatra has additional costs. Like th these things are, are all a little bit different from each other, but generally like five months is, is around the the cost for a legendary skin, and that's spread across like eight disciplines or something like that. I mean, I, I think. It's also easy to forget uh, uh, all the work that has to go into it. It's like, well, it's just an artist and they're making the new model. And that's not true. Like it's, it's you know, an artist, it's uh, visual effects, it's tech artists, it's it's the people that support those people. It's it's quality assurance, it's producers, it's, you know, th there's there's a lot that goes into it. So um, short answer, about five months. Wow, that that is a lot of time. Okay, that's fair. And I think when you price skins for that, that's fair. I was going to ask you, you know, with, with that taking five months, how come... Overwatch 1 skins still cost so much, but I read in the blog post just before we went live that you guys are going to be making Overwatch 1 skins available for legacy credits. Is that correct? Do you want to kind of elaborate on why they were, why, you know, people were upset that Overwatch 1 skins were costing as much as Overwatch 2 skins. So kind of why you've made that change now and how you approach it from your side. Yeah, I think this is like one of the really good examples of we launched one way and then pretty quickly realized that, that uh, adjusting course was going to help make the game better. Um, and some of these things, you know, I, I know for a lot of sources of community frustration, it's always like, why did it take until season three? You're like, why couldn't you do that tomorrow? And, and, you know, some of these things are topics that we've been talking about for a while. And this is sort of just the first time that we've been able to take meaningful steps toward, toward adjusting. Um, but I, I actually think, um, and we've seen this in, like, at the end of, of season one, we did a pretty comprehensive um, study with players from all over the world, um, just asking, like, what did you like about season one? What are your biggest issues with Overwatch 2? Um, and, like, I know that the community likes to jump on all of these price things, um, but the, the way in that research, actually, that it sort of came up was less, like, skins cost too much and more the game doesn't feel that rewarding to me anymore or um i don't feel like i, I have a, a real path to earning things that i'm excited about at times and so one of the reasons why we took the approach that we did now was first like yeah let's lower the prices a little bit on um on those skins and just make them generally better value for for players um but then the reason why we went through and added um, credits into the, the free battle pass that are enough where in any season players can go into the hero gallery and pick one of those Overwatch 1 event skins that they love and, and, and earn that skin was really addressing that point of like, how do we start to make the game feel more rewarding, regardless of whether you choose to spend it all or not? Um, and so that's, that's sort of what underpinned that was that desire. And by the way, like, we know that this is just kind of, again, like one thing that we could do. There's, there's no one on our team that is like, mission accomplished, we did it. Um, but we do feel like this is one significant step that we could take quickly um, to start addressing some of that feedback of, of how do we make the game feel more rewarding for players. Yeah, I appreciate that. Actually, that's something that was mentioned in the blog. I have a couple more questions on the Battle Pass, but I, would, I think it's a good point to talk about now. You guys have announced that you're kind of looking at more features to encourage players to reward because there has been a community sentiment that doesn't seem to be like a reason to grind Overwatch. Like, you know, if you don't want certain cosmetics on the battle pass, if you don't want certain titles, what is the point of continuing to play? So you guys mentioned, uh, you know, class or, or role slash hero specific progression systems on fire. Like, can you give us a little bit of insight into what you are looking at to kind of help a player want to continue to play Overwatch? Yeah, uh, I'll I'll jump in on that. Um, I think it's it's a combination of a bunch of stuff. Games are are weird in that like uh, I think people will often point to one specific thing as you know this is the thing that made that experience great, and and really it's a combination of of big things and small things. And so 
um, when I think about our approach, what we're prioritizing is, you know, a bunch of like very small things that we think have a meaningful impact. So can we make the end of game uh, uh, or like in a batch flow uh, more rewarding, right? We know that it feels kind of like short and truncated and like not very celebratory in the way that Overwatch 1s did. Um, so, so looking at changes there, things like bringing back the on fire system, which, uh, is, is kind of a hilarious case because it, it's not as beloved as I think a lot of people like to remember. Uh, it was, it was pretty contentious for a lot of reasons in Overwatch one, um, little stuff like that, that just makes the game moment to moment feel better. P people say a lot, like can supports get more play of the games and stuff like that. I think that's a, that's a great example of the kind of thing that if we layer on a bunch of those over time, like the game just inherently feels really, really great. Um, and then there's sort of like the medium term things and, and changes to the past are, are a great example of that where, you know, we want you to be able to earn things that you actually care about. Like we, and we, and we look at how people do and don't use the stuff that we make. So it's clear that, that people love skins and, and things, uh, which should be not a surprise to anyone. So, you know, how do we, how do we make it so that you can earn those things more effectively so that you can have some choice in what you get and, and be excited about like leaving a session feeling like, oh, cool. I got a thing. The, um, the bigger one is, is sort of like longer term. Uh, what are the big gaps that we have in the game and how do we, how do we kind of fix those? Uh, people talk a lot about like account level uh, and that's not really a great solve for, for making you feel rewarded, but it does a really specific thing in that it, it gives you a very tangible indicator of, of what you've done. It's like, hey, you did this, that like, congratulations. Like this is all the effort that you've put in and it kind of culminates in this thing. So what we're looking at is an expansion on that kind of an idea where, uh, and I won't go into like a ton of detail because the design's still getting sorted out, but um, uh, we, you know, we, we pay attention to how you play and, and every game we're, we're giving you sort of progress on, on different things that we know you care about because you're picking specific heroes or playing in specific queues. Um, so yeah, we, we really want people to feel like the time that they spend is being acknowledged. And some of that's gonna be, you know, through cosmetic stuff that you can earn and skins and whatever. Some of that I think should just be from, from like prestige indicators and things like that. So, you know, titles are an example of that, but also uh, um, like having a progression system that shows you different levels of, of how much or how well you've played a specific hero and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, I think if, if you look at all of these things together, you know, these small moment to moment things, these sort of like medium term, you know, choose what you want sort of things. And then these longer term, uh, hey, look at the investment that you've made in time in this game and, and the way that you've played and, and now that's being rewarded. I think if you look at all those things together, it, it can create a really compelling experience. And so when I think about our goals for the year, making the game feel more rewarding is like the top goal, not, not like the top goal. It is the top goal. It is the thing that, that we really need to nail. Um, because when, when new players come in, if they don't feel rewarded, they're going to leave. And, and people who've been in the game forever, if they continue to not feel rewarded, they're going to leave. And that's totally justified. So we have to fix it. I love to hear that. It's a, it's a really great answer. And it's, it's great to hear as well that it's, it's not like one easy solution. Cause I think sometimes as a community, we can be guilty of like almost being uh, falsely nostalgic and feeling like, oh, well, if we just brought back, uh, you know, this like on fire, or we just brought back six V six, or we just brought back, you know, portraits, it would all be fine. But it's great to hear that you guys are looking for like long term, like holistic solutions and like many multiple things to make the experience better. So uh, that's great to hear. Now, um, my next question will go back towards the battle passes because you guys have mentioned obviously, again, that you're going to be putting legacy credits into the battle pass. Uh, I'd love to I'd love to ask you and I, I, I want to be thankful to you guys for answering these tough questions that I've got here. But how come you don't give premium, premium currency in the battle pass? Why? legacy credits why not premium credits because a lot of people feel like and also another question i'll add on to that is a lot of people feel like if you compare to some other games you can play the entire battle pass if you buy it once you get enough credits to go again why does any system like that not exist in overwatch alongside potentially premium cards yeah i can i can take this one and and yeah look i i realize for a lot of these questions right like there, there's sort of an uh easy answer in some ways of like, oh yeah, like we, we should do that. Um, but I, I think all of these things are making different trade-offs and trying to kind of consistently try to make the best decision for, for the game overall. Um, I'm going to start sounding like a broken record by repeating like, none of this is ever set in stone, right? But, but that, is, that is real. Like when we launched the game, we did so with one set of information and these are the types of things that we'll continue to look at. Um, but just go, going back, like, maybe to before we launched, I think maybe it's helpful for people to understand like how we thought about this at the time and, and the reason why we made that decision. And so um, really like we looked at that approach, right? Like we've seen it in some other games um, and 
we really had um, kind of two concerns with it. Um, one was that, like, if we went that route, we would then sort of be in, in a place where um, it was, like, our incentive in a bad way to make it really hard to complete the battle pass. Um, because if you have a battle pass with that infinite loop, and also, like, a lot of people are completing it, then you lose that that other goal that we've talked about. If we do want the battle pass to be one of the things that is helping us fund ongoing development of the of the game and support the team, and so you get to this spot where you're making decisions to make like challenges really hard to complete and obscure things, or you're tuning experience way down. Um, where the the place that we're in, like our goal is to just make the battle pass feel fun to complete and we want players to complete it. And so like, you know, one of the the measures that we look at each season is what percentage of, of players who bought the battle pass are getting to the mythic skin. And like one of, one of our goals is to, to make sure that that number is really high. Like we want players um, in that system to get to the end of it, to feel good about that, to earn all the rewards along the way. And so, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think like one approach is outright better than the other like there are there are clearly good elements of going the other direction and and then i think the the things that we liked about the approach that we chose was it let us tune the battle pass in a way where we want players to complete it over the course of the season um and then it also meant that we could put a lot of our best stuff in the battle pass like we have our mythic skin at the end of the battle pass instead of in the shop in part because we made a decision to have that be kind of the the culminating reward of of the pass instead of you get to go on a loop. So um, this is a place again where like we get that there are a lot of strongly held opinions on on both ends of it, but that's that's sort of how we ended up where we did is is wanting to choose a path where um, our focus was on making the battle pass rewarding and and fun to complete and putting a lot of good stuff in it. And just to add on like one minor thing to that, I think I, I was talking to one of the designers the other day about our past and about some of the ideas that, that people have for features. And uh, uh, the way that he framed it to me was, we basically started with the most basic version of a battle pass that you could possibly find. Like we started with sort of the very straightforward, very easy to understand and, and kind of like um, uh, uh, engage with a version of a battle pass. And, and this is like just the beginning of where it goes from here. And so, uh, you know, what are the things that are in it? Like, we're already expanding on that. The, um, uh, uh, how does it, like, actually appear in the game? If you think about other games with battle passes, they've all changed the way that their passes work, like, 10 different times. Um, and rather than try to, like, jump to the end uh, of what some other game is doing, I think we're sort of starting at the beginning with our own sort of audience trying to figure out, well, what do, what do people actually like and want? And, and how do we make that work for them, right? Like, we... I think there's this perception that like we make a game that's just for us, and like obviously we, we want to make a game that we love, but like we're making a game for for players, and and that kind of feedback coming in about what they do and don't like about the pass or about what they do do and don't like about the shop experience, that's the kind of stuff that we have to take into account to make a game that people actually want to play over time. So um, so yeah, I just I want to like underscore, this is like the V one of a of a battle pass for for Overwatch. There's a lot of room to grow. That's very fair. And I think, you know, I appreciate you guys being so honest with us because I know this is an area where as a community, no one's ever going to be happy. Ultimately, anytime you take people's money from them, they're not going to be very happy. Uh, but I appreciate you guys being very fair about it. And I think that what, you, what you've said does make a lot of sense. And we do have to find a balance. It's great to hear that you want people to complete the battle pass because I agree that we don't want to make a situation where you're kind of trying to sandbag people from completing the battle pass just so that... Uh, you can earn you know more money and keep getting more people to and, and and hoard the good stuff away from them right so keep getting people to spend on it uh the final sort of moment well, I, like i actually like I, I i do like just coming back to something you said too like maybe this is unrealistic but like we we actually do want people to feel happy when they choose say the to, same buy, thing. Like, to, to buy a battle pass like we, we we want people to look at that and say like that's the best ten dollars or you know whatever your local currency is that, that I've ever spent. I I feel like this is awesome. I'm getting a ton of stuff that I want. Like I enjoy playing this game and it improves my experience enough that like this feels really good. So like it, it is maybe at times an impossibly high bar, but like we, we actually do talk about that. Like we, we don't want to be like prying money out of the you know the hands of our players like we we want people when they choose to spend money if they do like to to feel good about that or at least as, as good as you can when you're choosing to spend on something
Yeah, I, I was actually thinking about jumping in to say the same thing. It's like the, I, the mantra that we need to have and, and that like I learned years ago from somebody and it kind of changed the way I thought about free-to-play games in general, which is uh, like you want people to be excited to give you money for a thing that they love. And, and it's like when, when I buy, you know, when you like get that uh, that like endorphin rush of you bought a thing that you've been wanting to buy for a while and, and you're like, oh, I finally got it. Like uh, I got new headphones because mine were falling apart. And I was so excited when they showed up because uh, I knew I was going to get something that, that I'd valued. Um, like we never want it to feel like you're you're like begrudgingly handing over money uh, to us for for a service. Like we want you to be psyched about the thing that you're spending your money on, in the way that you are when you buy something that you are like pumped about it. I was gonna say the mall, not that people go to malls anymore, but like uh, when you go to a store or whatever. Uh, if you ever go to stores, if you go to Amazon. Um, so yeah, it's it's really important to us that we get to the point where. Uh, People are excited to to buy things that we make because they're awesome. Like we, we sit in these reviews where we look at all the content that's coming up uh, for for future seasons, and like our our internal team chat is like blowing up with people who are just like, I want to buy that today. Like I want to own that right now, uh, and that's the experience that we want players to have. And and you know if we're not there yet, then that's totally understandable. Uh, but but the goal is to get there because it's it's good for it's good for the community it's good for players it's but it's good for us too like it, it helps us do the thing that that we need to do you've dated yourself there jared by mentioning this outside place in mall i mean remember everyone, malls yeah what is a what right is a what is a mall what yeah. is one of those yeah. is that can i buy fortnite skins there no everyone listening is terminally online so you're you're, you're you haven't understood <laughs> your target audience yet but you'll get there you'll get there you're new you're new you'll get there Hello guys, SCB here. Just want to quickly interrupt this episode of the Group Up Podcast to say that if you've been enjoying this content, then please do consider supporting me directly via Patreon. It really does help since Patreon only takes about 10% of your money, where YouTube and Twitch take 40 and 50% respectively. So it supports me and allows me to keep making videos no matter how many views they do or don't get. Also, if you are really enjoying this discussion, then why not consider watching some of my other content? First and foremost, my Twitch stream where this podcast is hosted live, and I stream five days a week doing a bunch of other things as well. If you're not much of a Twitch viewer, then you can check out the SVB side channel, where all the best bits from the stream go straight to YouTube in highlight format, including VOD reviews, gameplay, and streamer formats, such as the Fantasy Overwatch or Rank Gauntlet that you may have seen other streamers participate in. And finally, if you're sick of Overwatch, then you could check out my other channel, The Soak, which is where I do movie and TV breakdowns. And I've done videos on things like Avatar The Last Airbender, Pixar's Up, and anime like Haikyuu. So if any of that sounds up your street, then all the links are in the description. But now, back to the discussion. I'm, okay, old, well, I'm not going to get there. Well, <laughs> I believe in you. I believe in you. I mean, the last question I want to ask related to kind of just Battle Pass stuff is another final pain point is the heroes. The heroes inside the battle pass right and obviously we've seen you guys adjust 55 to 45 uh for the hero but again can you kind of give us a bit more insight into why are the heroes on the battle pass essentially like why aren't they just available because this is obviously a completely new thing in overwatch and and it is a pain point for people to to not feel like they can play the hero immediately yeah i think th this one too right like is trying to strike the right balance with that system um and i think when you look at like Overwatch is its own game, right? And I and I understand. I've I've seen our players make this point. Like every time that you know people are are chatting about this, and they're like, "Well, like League of Legends does this, or like Apex does that, or Valorant does that." Like there is a very valid response to that of like, "Well, Overwatch is different," um, and and I don't want to discount any of that. But as we were sort of looking at free to play models for releasing content, like in part because Overwatch is different. Um, we wanted to get that balance right of using the hero releases to like align with our broader goals of supporting engagement for the game and the battle pass system and all of that while also like making it uh, and creating a very clear path for anyone who just plays the game to be able to access the full cast of heroes and so that's like part of why we made the adjustment we did in season two to to pull ramatra up 10 tiers was that we went back after season one and looked at that data for Kiriko and, and said, yeah, that, that actually missed the mark a little bit on balancing those goals. Um, and, you know, further to that, right, like, the reason why we calibrated um, the challenges, like, if, if you don't get to tier 45 for Ramatra this season, um, you know, next season you unlock a Ramatra challenge that just asks you to play and, and win games of Overwatch. And, like, part of the reason that that exists the way that it does and how we've calibrated it the way that we have is... Like, we, we don't want to be in a system where 
players constantly feel like they're playing catch up or missing wide swaths of the hero cast or whatever else. So um, again, like definitely understand um, some of the sources of frustration for the way that we've implemented that system and the desire for like, hey, all the, all the heroes should just be free. Like we, we get that. Um, or I should say like, not just free, but like free and immediately um, earnable. But like in, in season two, we we saw someone get Ramatra on the second day of the season for free. Uh, so like th there there is that path that is not how I recommend playing Overwatch 2, to, to be clear. Like I, I would guess that that player actually uh, chose not to sleep un until they unlocked Ramatra. Um, but yeah, we've, we've tried to strike the right balance there. Um, again, I, I think this is a place where we're likely to continue to, to iterate and adjust over time if, if we need to. Yeah, this is like the warning that used to come when you play the Nintendo Wii and it says you should take breaks every half an hour. Like that, that's one of those for that guy who's like second day <laughs> grinded his way to the battle pass. And again, I appreciate uh, you guys being fair about it. Like it has to be, uh, you know, I, I think I think the systems you put in for unlocking heroes after the end of a season is actually quite fair. Like it, it, it's quite straightforward. People were doom saying a little bit, but it's actually quite straightforward uh, how you can get it back. Okay, so let's move on from from uh, battle pass shenanigans to the upcoming season three, which I know we're all excited about. Uh, so it is going to be. We've spoken about heroes in the battle pass, but this is actually going to be the first season of Overwatch Two without a hero. So I know you guys have said in the past that heroes are kind of the biggest hype moment generator for for Overwatch. Do you? How do you envision kind of? this season going like how do you plan to offset that potential loss of hype and getting people to still come play or watch season three yeah i think uh it's it's going to be a learning experience that's for sure uh the the uh the short answer to your question is i think we're just going to get kind of weird like we're gonna we're gonna try some stuff and and see how it goes like uh, uh the reality of where we're at in, in development is like we we can't ship a new hero every season. That's it's it's just not possible. And if we did, they probably wouldn't be at the quality bar that, that people expect, right? And so, you know, we'll continue to to figure out the right cadence to release heroes on. But um, but now the assumption is we can't do it every season. And so uh, we have other big stuff, right? Like we have uh, we have maps that that drop. Um, uh, we have uh, new new permanent modes that that will drop. Um, so we do have other big stuff that people should be excited about in, in the future in future seasons. Um, uh, but um, for this season, we're going to start experimenting with some stuff. Like we, you know, you saw returning events in in um, in the last couple of seasons. Uh, uh, we're going to try some new stuff. Uh, we're going to try thing. I, I like want to say a thing specifically that I can't say yet. Um, we're going to try weird stuff. And if and if it lands, if people really like it, then then that's the kind of stuff that we'll keep building on. I think. If you look at the events that we've had so far, um, like th these are these big moments that we want people to come back and 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 you know engage in and like really have a good time. Um, uh, I think we've we've learned a ton just from the few that we've run so far. So if you look at you know the Winter Wonderland challenge as being something you could you know we added a skin to that and then you know um, uh, uh, you could complete the challenges in like an hour and a half. I did it over lunch and, and got the skin and I was like, well, that was probably a little bit too fast. Did not feel rewarding. Uh, but then if you look at something like Battle for Olympus, we created like really good long tail chases, or at least you can argue if they're really good, but I, I thought they were pretty fun, like long tail chases for titles. But people felt like they had to get all of them. And so it was just like, why am I grinding this mode? Uh, which is a fair question. If you look at Lunar Near, uh, uh, having to play a lot of CTF Blitz, not great for everybody. I don't think that everybody loves that mode. Like some people do, some people don't. Uh, so, uh, you know, for events and things like that, we need to experiment with uh, the kinds of things that we put in them, the, the modes, the way that, you know, you uh, you can earn rewards, but also uh, um, like different themes and, um, uh, and and making them, I think, a little bit more accessible, like giving you the opportunity to to earn progress towards that that cosmetic or whatever that thing is that you're chasing uh, without having to play the event mode specifically. And so there's a bunch of stuff like that that we're going to try. Um, kind of an all over the place answer, but but the gist is, we're just going to be putting a bunch of stuff in the game that we think is cool and we're going to see how people like it and then if if they love it we'll do more of it and if they don't love it then we'll learn from that and do something else but but uh every season's going to feel a little bit different and, and we want them to have their own identities yeah this sound this sounds sort of like more cryptic than we probably intend for it to be but like players will see over the next week as we start to talk much more specifically about like what's coming in season three some some very real examples that kind of fall in, into that like I, I think one of the um 
One of the differences in approach that I think we're taking with some of these things in Overwatch 2 versus, you know, if you go back years ago in, in Overwatch, like in Overwatch, every one of the seasonal events had to be like, they were relatively infrequent and they had to be this like massive thing that had like multiple game modes and like fully took over the game for a long period of time and was like the thing that you do. And and I think what we're trying to do, and, and you saw some of this with something like Battle for Olympus, but you'll see more of it in season three is like, what's a fun, different, cool thing that we can just try that's like not supposed to be something that holds players' attention for a month, but is just like a fun, different way to experience Overwatch um, that, that gives players some of that joy and excitement. And so that's some of what we're doing in season three on top of all of the like, the new map is awesome. We can't wait for people to dive in. Like the, uh, I'm, you know, I'm sure like people will have strong opinions about this, but there's like another really big balance pass coming in season three that should shake things up. Um, and so there's, there's a whole bunch of the usual, like we're starting a season. There's reasons to be excited about that. And then on top of that, we've, we've planned a bunch of stuff that um, in some cases, like I think feels smaller, but is still cool and exciting and something we just, um, we want to try, and we'll see if players like it, and if they do, we'll do more, and if they don't, we won't. Yeah, I think, to, just just to, like, underscore that, the, the fundamental approach difference is, is key. Like, I saw a lot of people commenting on, um, like, uh, th th like an event will come out, and they'll be like, oh, that's it? Like, that that's all? And I'm like, yeah, because I, I think we, we, you know, we're still fighting against perception of what events uh, uh, either are in other games, or what they've been traditionally in Overwatch, where where we want to do these things much more frequently with, with like much uh, more uh, varied themes with, with a lot of different ways to engage. And like uh, uh, that means doing them fast, doing them small, keeping them on for just a limited amount of time. And, and like, it's a totally different approach than we've taken before. I guess I should also say that like everything else, if people end up hating that once they get used to that, you know, if, if it's not what our players want, then we'll rethink that approach. And, and, you know, we could always shift back to bigger, less frequent things, but um, you know, coming out of the gate, it feels it feels really good and exciting for us to know that we have a bunch of stuff that's like going to be happening very soon that that we'll see players' reactions to. So, um, so yeah, I, I I hope that people really enjoy it, even though there's no hero, um, uh, and we have a, a pretty dope lineup of heroes coming. So there's there's a lot no. to look forward to. Don't tease us. Don't tease us, Jared. I think I think it's fair. You know, I think it's fair to say that you know we, I guess we got to shift our approach rather than having one big chunk of drops of like content we're kind of looking at a new model where the con the content is like kind of constant and a little bit more small than perhaps players are used to especially compared to like overwatch one like you said john where it's like the whole season was like this massive thing whereas now you're kind of looking to give us something to do all the time right so it's like a shift of approach that i guess we have to we have to adapt to as as the community I also loved how how collective hearts were in milestones, Jared, as you started to speak on the Blizzard end, where I was like, the uh, three Blizzard uh, community managers were in there being like, no, Jared, don't do it. John was probably holding his breath, like, don't, don't, Jared, don't leak something. Don't leak something. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's certain things that you see that you get really excited about, even as a developer. Like, it's easy to get jaded, I think, as a developer. And, and uh, it's like, I've seen these before. Uh, uh, every once in a while, you know, I'm not trying to oversell anything, but every once in a while, something is just really exciting to you personally, where you're like, oh, that's like, I can't wait for people to see that and hear if they like it or not. Uh, and we just, we have some stuff coming up that I feel that way about. That's great to hear. Actually, that, that leads me to a little tidbit that I just wanted to get a feel for is like, what what is the kind of spread of how much you guys play on the dev team and like what what is the kind of spread of experience as well like are some of you hardcore grinders some of you are just like oh, i kind of play when i can some of you are like I, I only play mystery heroes and i only care about the skins like what is the spread like i never i never play mystery heroes uh john I, I, do you want to go first john so john and i play very differently i think uh so john you, you can go first yeah, I mean, look, I'll I'll speak to me. Like I'm tier ninety three on the battle pass this season, something like that. Like I, I'm not gonna grind out the prestige titles, but I badly wanted the mythic queen skin, so uh, made made sure that I got there. Like I have uh, t two little kids. My my kids are five and two, um, and so uh, I, I would guess that you know, much like Jared's mall reference, um, there's probably not you know a ton of like people with small children listening in right now. But for any of you who have had that experience, uh, I, I like, I genuinely hope you're impressed that I've been completing my battle pass. Uh, it's <laughs> like, it's hard. Uh, it's, it's like very, very, very hard to, um, to, to get, you know, even 15 minutes uninterrupted for, for a comp game. Um, 
So I, you know, I, I'm the type of player who like tries to pop in most days and play for an hour to complete my dailies. Um, and, and then I don't really grind out much and I'm, I'm also quite bad at, at Overwatch, I should add. Um, so you'll, you'll find me like feeding on, on Ryan and Moira mostly. Um, but our, our team like is all over the place. I, I think there's this like misperception out there a lot of like, do the devs even play the game? Like, how could you possibly like make this decision if you play Overwatch 2? Um, and like, our team loves the game. We we all play it. We have team-wide play tests like multiple times a week to um, to check out stuff that we're doing. It, it doesn't mean that, you know, every decision we make is going to be right or reflect what most or all of our players want. But like there's, you know, th throughout the dev team, there are some hardcore grinders, some incredibly skilled players. Um, and then, you know, some some people that are, I think, more casual as well, which just reflects the the nature of our community more broadly. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I'm a little bit, well, I guess I'm kind of the same. My kids are five and eight. And so it's also hard for me to find time, especially now that like, you know, my son's getting into video games more and more. Uh, and uh, my daughter is becoming a little teenager at eight years old and, and just constantly wants to like talk about stuff. So uh, uh, it's harder for me. I, I'm like 86, I think I hit last night in the battle pass. Uh, I'm also probably not going to grind super hard for the titles because I like, uh, I, I love last season titles. This one, they're just not for me, which is fine. Like titles are cool, but but not everyone's going to be super hype about them. Um, I play pretty broadly. Like I don't really play comp because I've worked on a bunch of competitive systems, and like uh, when you know how they work, uh, it's it can either be like encouraging to you to continue to play them, or it can be like you know you see behind the curtain and you're kind of like, all right, well I don't need some computer to tell me how good I am. I'm just going to like enjoy and learn the game. Um, and so over the years, I've come to just really enjoy playing and learning and, and like trying out new heroes. I was the same way on League. I played a lot of different champions. Um, uh, but I, I play uh, uh, pretty much every night. Uh, I try to play like players. Uh, and what I mean by that is I try to not play like a developer where I, I like kind of like really narrowly focus on stuff, which I think people can do sometimes. Um, uh, I try to play across PC and console so that I know the console experience uh, uh, on Xbox and PlayStation. Um, so like every week I'm playing on, on all three of those things to some extent. Uh, and also I try to really heavily engage in our events just to understand what, what people's pain points are. And so for, for something like Lunar New Year, uh, which, which I was playing and I'm, I'm not the hugest capture the flag fan, uh, or bounty hunter, it, it was like a little bit more challenging for me personally, because I was like, ah, oh, this is just stuff that I wouldn't really love. But that also helped me understand why, why people who don't love those things are like not an event for me. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like more of an omnivore, I think, than, than John. I like to spread my time across a, a bunch of different heroes and across a bunch of different ways to play. That's totally fair. I think, I think, uh, cause you, Jared, you've come from an experience of a lot of, uh, working a lot of competitive, uh, games, right? particularly FPS. You worked on League, I believe you worked on Halo as well. So yep. you've kind of, uh, you've kind of been through the meat grinder. I think after a while you kind of be like, start to be like, I'm feeling this now. I'm starting to get old and I'm like... I don't know if I got it in me to keep grinding for these fake comp points, man. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's it, there, there's also this, like, mental health part of it for me, just really personally, where uh, if I sit down, like, you know, you have a long day at work, you're, you're like, in meetings constantly, and, like, you're, you're fighting the good fight and making stuff happen or whatever. It's like, you know, it, I'm an introvert. It's, like, emotionally exhausting to do that. Then I leave work, and immediately two little kids are, like, up in my grill trying to talk to me about stuff, uh, which, which is great, but also exhausting. And then, you know, I'm hanging out with my wife and, and, and like, okay, I'm going to have an hour to play games. If I sit down and play a comp game and just like, and, and lose, regardless of whether or not we get rolled or if it's a close game, I'm probably going to go to bed mad. And like, I'm not trying to go to bed mad every night. Like, yeah. I, you know, I, I want to be able to, to enjoy the game. I want to wake up excited. And like, so I'm, you know, I will, I'll play placements and I'll try to understand the experience as much as I can. But like... <clears throat> If you ever look at my ranking, it's like it sucks because I don't play uh, competitive because I, I want to like go to bed happy without stressing myself out about trying to, to make a bunch of progress on, on the things. And that's just like a, a personal decision for me. Uh, but but also yeah, yeah, well, I worked on matchmaking for, for three different games before this. And so it's, you know, I've been through it. What, whatever makes you feel better about your low rank, if that's if that's the, if that's the story that you. Rosie, oh my goodness! Oh this is going to make me grind comp next season just to throw it in your face. This is exactly what's going to yes. happen. Yes, I'm I'm I want to see a challenge. I want to see a, a, a little community challenge now. Who can get higher rank, John or Jared? Oh I see God! You guys. 
post your screenshots of your like competitive placement and just like tag each other and just start a war amongst the devs, see who gets better, get good kid. I, I love this and I hate it so much. Very, very bad idea. Yeah, but maybe. But I think, I, th I think it's a great idea, but I think it's very fair, you know, like your guys' perspective, you know, a lot of consumers, a lot of people even, even watching, I think will be in your guys' position where maybe you don't, you know, it's hard to complete a battle pass when you're battling your children. So I, I totally get that. Um, yeah. Okay, so I know everyone's really excited to hear about, you know, PvE kind of stuff. And I know you guys can't give me any... I, I don't expect you to give me a trailer for, for what the PvE is coming. But first, can you just give us an indication of, like, how much of dev resource is allocated to PvP versus PvE? Like, what's the split here? Because some people feel like maybe PvP gets neglected for the PvE. Yeah, I... Uh... Great question. Uh, it's exactly this number of people. No, I'm like, I can't, like, I can't give you specifics, but, but what I can say is like the, you know, the, the biggest drought, I think, in, in uh, Overwatch history in terms of content and engagement with, with the community was around the time where the team was really focused on, on making and shipping Overwatch 2, and a big component of that you know, was obviously PvE. Um, I think what, you know, what, what the team learned from that, and, and this is obvious to everybody watching the stream, I'm sure, uh, is is that that was a mistake, uh, and and like the core of this game is the PvP game that everyone's playing. Overwatch players love PVE. Like we know that because we're Overwatch players. We know that because we do a bunch of surveys that and we ask people who are not us just to sanity check that perspective. And we know that that like players love that variety. Um, uh, but but the core of the game is is PvP. And so uh, uh, what I don't want the perception to be because it's totally not true is that like. You know, there's only minimal people on the PvP uh, side of the game, uh, unlike the core live game that we have today. And, you know, everybody is just on PvE. That, that is 100% not the case. Like, the, the primary focus, like, I gave, a, I gave a presentation about this to the leadership team last year. Like, the primary focus for this year is supporting their players. Like, not supporting future players or the dream of future players who want to come in and play something else. But the players that we have today, like the people that that are are there day in and day out, because if we don't do that, there is no game. There is no Overwatch. There's no Overwatch team. There's 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 nothing else, right? Um, and so, uh, so yeah, I, I can't go into details. But the gist is, the PvP team is fully staffed and funded, and we're hiring aggressively for it and and, and everything else. Uh, PVE also staffed has people working on it, uh, but but it's not a you know PVE is the primary part of the team, and it's not a situation where we're going to take everybody from PVP and move them over to PVE to to get it done and, and out the door. Totally fair. Uh, John, a little bit of a non-answer, which I which I acknowledge. So so I guess to, the the way to summarize it would be that you guys are not cutting resources from PVP to to deliver the PVE. Absolutely. Okay, well, that's, yeah, that's, that's good, because totally. then now you can't use that excuse either, right? So now there's no more like, oh, we're broke devs, we're broke devs, guys, come on, we the, the bugs, ah, broke devs, no, no, we got small, you. Small indie company, yeah. Small indie company, I'm glad you guys are aware, aware, hashtag aware. Um, <laughs> obviously, again, I, I asked this question with little hope, but you've kind of mentioned that PvE is going to be rolling out in, in sort of stages, right? It's going to be like a bit part. Some people were maybe assuming it might all come at once, but it's not going to be like one giant campaign. Any indication of when we can start to expect it and what the rollout might look like? Like what kind of rollout will we expect? What frequency? Anything you can give me? I, I woke up today and I was like, uh, uh, John's on this on Slack. I, I was like, this, I feel like this is a thing we, we like, I really want to talk about this more. Uh, uh, and um, here's the reality of the situation. The reality is uh, people have been thinking about and talking about PVE for, for years, for years. And uh, uh, I, I, I play it. I have been playing it. I was playing it last week, uh, uh, in fact. Uh, and and uh, it exists. It is, it is a thing that, that is being worked on. It's, it's pretty rad. Um, uh, but when we, when we announce it and when we start talking about the details of it, like, because the expectations are what they are, I think we need to give it the space that it deserves to like really go into, Hey, you know, Aaron said this in an interview recently about having to kind of reimagine what it looks like and how it comes out. You alluded to some of that. Um, I, I think we need to, to give it time to like really talk about like what it was kind of, uh, what it has evolved into and why we're excited about that. And then, uh, and then when it'll come out and how, and so. Uh, I wish I could give you more of an answer. Like I realize that that's not great, uh, but but the gist is that you know uh, we'll be talking about it. Uh, we're, we're talking about how we announce it and, and the way that we roll that stuff out. So it's not like we're sitting on it. We know that we said that we would be you know uh, doing a thing this year, uh, and the the intention is that we'll we'll be talking about it you know as, as soon as we can. 
Yeah, yeah I think just... there there are some places, right, where like it's just easier for us to talk about things where they're further ahead and we don't have a specific like this is exactly what we could say. Like, you know, talking about how we have some early design work going on on like progression systems in the game and, and things like that. And I don't I, I can't tell you right now exactly what those will look like or whatever else, but um, but we're we're still comfortable sort of saying like that's a priority for us and we're working on it. I think for some of the PVE stuff, just particularly given some of the expectations around it and everything else, like we want the next time that we talk about it to be specific and here's what we're doing and what players can expect and not like stringing along more of the the soon TM or you know or whatever else. It's like we we want the next update on it to be substantive. Got you. Like I I understand it's it's a difficult position. I, again, I only ask out of hopeful expectation, but I understand that like if you're not at liberty to talk about it now, then you know I, I'm sure you guys don't enjoy not being able to talk about it. But you know, it sucks. It like legitimately sucks so much to not be able to just like I, there's this like shift that's happening, and I don't mean, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like there's no, a shift ahead. that's happening where I think uh, you know communication traditionally was like here's this thing, it's amazing, you know, and, and it's like baked, basically, like you can look at it, it's done. Um, we're trying to move more towards, you know, talking really openly about stuff as it's in development. Like, I think the best games are the ones that are made with their communities, as opposed to like given to their communities. Uh, and so, uh, so like, I, I, we want to talk about it more. And I think, you know, we're getting better and better uh, in, in small ways about talking about stuff that's not fully done yet, and just helping you understand the, the reasoning behind it. Like Aaron starting uh, the the like quick updates that we started last week like that was because he and I were like we have to start talking about stuff and not be so precious about everything having to be final and um uh so we're going to keep doing more of that but there are some things like this where where I think if we did that like the speculation would be so wild around it that that it would probably do a disservice to to what we're working on so uh it it like kills us inside to not be able to talk more openly about things like this but but sometimes we'll keep some things close I appreciate it. and and I I hope uh, those listening can sympathize as well with you know put yourselves in their shoes. Speaking of, I would really make sure your cybersecurity is on point right now, Jared, because having told everyone you have access to play the PVE, you've now made your computer the number one target to uh, get a hold of, so people can uh, can play some PVE for themselves. You mentioned uh, communication there actually, and this is something you know we've actually kind of interacted on Twitter a little bit, and you spoke there about wanting to find better ways to communicate with the community. Like yep. what is what is the kind of solutions that you guys have? Because obviously we always go back and forth with this. You know, in the past the accusation was, well, the devs just go silent on us; they don't say anything. You guys will come out and say, well, we will try more to communicate, but then the community be like, this is not enough. This isn't substantial enough. It isn't clear enough. So, like, how are you viewing your communication going forwards? Yeah, th this is a uh, there's a fun anecdote uh, that involves John. Uh, when I first joined the team, <laughs> I was. I was talking about giving some sort of an update. Oh, I, I wrote like a blog right after I joined. I was like, I just, I, I have to start talking to people because like there's this inertia that gets built up when you don't say something and you're like, well, the next time we say something, it has to be perfect. And so I'm like, I'm just going to start saying stuff and then hopefully people are okay with it. And then over time we'll get better. But you like, you have to start building the muscle. And uh, I, I think it was in that first blog where I made a comment about like, you know, we're committed to communicating more or something. And John looked at me, he's like, don't say that. Like that's been said so many times. Like it, you, you can't just tell people you're going to communicate more. Uh, you have to like do it. And um, he didn't say it as eloquently and as like uh, cool as I just did. But just imagine <laughs> him saying it in his very John way. Uh, so, so I, I kind of took that to heart. And I'm, I'm trying to like not make promises about about communication getting better. Instead, I'm just trying to to show. Um, and so, uh, to answer your question specifically, I think you'll see it take a few different forms. The we're starting with like the scrappy versions where, you know, uh, um, I'm writing blogs, Aaron is writing uh, these consistent updates that we want to be bi-weekly. I think it said every three weeks or something in his first post, but we're shooting for bi-weekly. And we may get a bonus uh, edition this week because there's some cool changes that are like in direct response to community feedback that we want to start talking about. Um, so there'd be small things like that that we just need to get into that habit, like really build the muscle of consistently delivering. And if he can't make it one week, then I'll jump in or I'll have Alec or somebody else jump in. Like, we'll, we'll you know, this is where we're starting. And then the, the team that is, does this professionally for a living, who we have, who are all awesome, uh, have, have bigger, grander ideas for things that, that will kind of grow into over time. And so 
you know, we've experimented with stuff like Twitter Spaces, uh, um, uh, doing shows like this. Like, I think we want to just try a bunch of stuff, see what works, uh, uh, not be so like beholden to like Jared's boomer idea of what it means to communicate with people uh, and instead like put ourselves out there. And so I think what you can expect TLDR, a bunch of small, scrappy, quick communications like what Aaron is starting to do, and then uh, a bunch of bigger, uh, longer form things that, that we try a bunch of stuff with. Love it. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. I'd also just add to like I think um, I think one of the hardest things in terms of how we communicate with players is just like getting comfortable sharing things that are not always fully baked or certain. And I, I like Jared's alluded to this. Like, I actually think it will help us make a better game to tell our players we're thinking about this and and you know get input and feedback at that stage instead of ta-da, we made something. We hope you like it. Um, but I I think. Like there, there's there's some risk there, right? Of like, we're all aware on on our side of like, every time we do something for the game, there's like someone on Reddit who's like, well, four years ago, like this person said this thing that's not that, and and what happened, and so like the you know the the trick for us is just having to be comfortable with that's going to happen. Sometimes you know if we're being more open and communicating more frequently, like we're gonna say stuff or or talk about. We want to do something, and then the reality of development is like we're not always going to do all of those things, or we're not going to do it exactly the way we said we were. But I, I think it's then on us to like come back to our players and say, "Yeah, you know that thing that we talked about a couple months ago. Like we're doing something different, and here's why." And I, and I think as long as we can hold up our end of the bargain there of not just sort of sharing things and then players wondering two years later, like whatever happened to that thing that Jared said. Um, then, then hopefully we're in just a better spot where where we can com communicate much more frequently and clearly. Yeah, I appreciate that. And this is somewhere I guess that the community has to be, uh, it has to be a back and forth, right? So, I, you guys, if you're more community, I think as us as the community, we have to make sure that we don't jump down your throat if you say something and then change your mind. You know, it has to be a, a bit receptive. So, I'll say what you guys can't say, which is that, guys give up on reddit please stop and please stop stop being a, a i won't swear with the devs around but please stop being a so-and-so and and be a bit human i think that's the best we can expect for um on that note though on community interaction and feedback what is like the best way for us to feedback to you when when we have grievances and we have things that we want changed like what is a healthy uh respectful way for us to to get our opinions out to you tag jared on twitter yeah, just at, at me literally all the time. Uh, please, please don't do that. Uh, I look at Twitter like an hour a night and like maybe two hours on the weekend. That's that's it. Uh, the uh, the answer is kind of weird here. It's it's basically like keep keep talking on on social media. Keep talking on uh, uh, keep keep doing shows like this. Like people like you amplifying what your communities are, are, are telling you is also really helpful, right? Like getting getting that kind of filtered through through creators. I, I think is super valuable. Um, uh, the thing that I want people to keep in mind is like Overwatch is a global game. And I think people in, in North America, uh, you know, where we are and the social media we look at is North America, you know, like, like day to day, right. For, for me and John, uh, uh, it's easy to think like, this is the community. The community is not North America. The community is not the UK. The community, the community is, is global. Right. And so, uh, you know, we're listening in every region. We have people paying attention to, to social media, uh, kind of across the world. Um, so keep saying what it is that you think, try to be nice if you could and be constructive, like saying this thing sucks or it's broken or whatever is like not super helpful where you could be like, Hey, this has this impact on me and I don't like it. Like that makes it really actionable and cool for us. Um, uh, he screamed into the void knowing no one would listen, but if you could, that'd be great. Uh, no, the, mean... the other big thing is, <laughs> okay. No, no, carry on. Please carry on. I was going to say the, the, the other big one, and this is going to sound kind of silly, is just like, uh, and this is not me shilling to play the game, but I'm saying when you play the game, that's another good source of data for us to understand what it is that you like and don't like. Like we look at Q health all the time. We look at, at things like uh, uh, engagement and what people do with events. We look at things like uh, um, uh, hero picks and what people are uh, playing and not playing and, and like uh, actions speak louder than words in a lot of ways and so you know it's good to hear what people think and to get that feedback especially when it's wrapped around how, that, how it makes them feel or, or, or whatever uh, kind of more subjective things they want to apply to it but also being able to marry that to the data that we see in game is like critical right because people will often say a thing and often it's not exactly how they behave or, 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 or how they act and so 
you know, the, the best way for you to give us feedback is tell us what you think, you know, play the game the way that you want to play the game and, and you know, let us look at it all and try to figure out what the best path forward is. And, and, and again, like engaging with creators is great because, you know, not only is it awesome for you all, but it's great for us because then we get to hear a bunch of different viewpoints kind of uh, filtered through through one voice. Yeah, I appreciate that. And again, I'll say what, what you guys maybe can say candidly, which is like, yeah, I mean, I understand frustration. I've been there. But like, obviously, the more angrily and the more mean spiritedly you scream your feedback, the less likely a human being is to respond to that. So I guess it again, it's on us to be a little bit a uh, little bit fair. I want to get like a couple really quick questions in because I know we're about to run t out of time. If you can't answer then feel free. Uh, obviously, the situation in China, I'm, I'm sure you guys are not thrilled about uh is there any news like because i i know that's out of your control but you know that's that's like a potential impact for for a, a large section of the players you talked about your audience being global anything yeah. i mean the, the thing that i'll front? say is yeah i mean i like this is probably going to be really obvious but like uh, uh anytime that that our game can't be played by people for whatever reason like going free to play is, is entirely in service of, of uh, helping as many people uh, as possible play the game. So anytime that that can't happen for whatever reason, that that's frustrating to us. Like we we want the game to be out there. We want people to be able to enjoy it. Uh, I don't think there's anything else we can say about that situation. Like it is so totally removed from our work on the dev team. Like we have we have no kind of like say or interaction in it. And, and you know, all we really hope is that uh, that eventually everyone who wants to play the game has a chance to. That's fair. I, again, I appreciate it. It's, it's kind of out of your control. Just wanted to yeah, get that publicly there as well, that it is out of your control. Workshop? Yeah. Anytime soon? Oh, man. Yeah, it's coming back in season three. Um, I, like, we'll have we'll have more info about that, but it, it relaunches in season three. Thank you. No, Thank you go. for asking that question. I wanted to, I, I was like looking through our, our comms. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel, I feel <laughs> like we should have talked about it maybe sooner, but yeah, that's that's coming back. And, I, awesome. and just to like talk about a little bit of the like we, we wanted to make sure that that we, you know we had good moderation and reporting tools in place for uh for for kind of the updated version of the thing and um uh, we know that it's frustrating for people uh you know it's as, as in any game this is usually like a really small very dedicated group of folks who create stuff that a bunch of people get to enjoy and so like we, we want to support them uh, uh and, and this is i think on me and and you know we, we should have been more communicative about what was happening but uh, but the feature has been planned for a while and like it's it's coming out. Uh, we we hope everyone enjoys it and um, and we'll be keeping an eye to make sure that you know we we can keep moderation tight and if if bad stuff crops up we'll take it down uh, until we get to the point where we have like a really thriving workshop community again. Amazing, amazing news. Yeah, I saw Beth being like, I will update comms now. So <laughs> thank you for giving us that little bit of information. Um, again, quickly, experimental. Any chance of that kind of stuff coming back? To experimental card. We've talked about a couple of uh, ideas around it, but nothing concrete. Like, I, it, I'll be to totally honest. I don't think we have plans in the near future to, to do much with it, but that doesn't mean that we won't. Um, and if I'm forgetting something, team, I apologize. But uh. Yeah, again, I understand. I appreciate it. It's like a resource priority thing. So, okay. We got workshop. We didn't get experimental. We take the dubs, chat. We take the dubs. Okay, so my final question, because I know I've taken your guys' time. What's the like number one thing that you guys want the community to know? Uh, and and I, I don't want us you know to be like we're listening. I really want you to kind of give us give, give us your like personal flavor of like what's something that just from a dev side, but you can't normally say is like guys, we know you hate this whatever. So okay, we got it. Or just please do this. What would you uh, got for me? You know, it's funny. It was the the uh, when I was thinking about sort of like if I could convey one message to people, what would that message be? My first idea for that was we're listening, which is like, no, shut up, stop. That's like, so <laughs> um, the, uh, uh, John kind of said it. So I, I like, I don't have any spicy takes here. I think the thing that I want people to know is like, we actually play the game. Like we, we love it. We, we play it more than like a casual player would like we're, we're, we're in there every day, uh, seeing what you see. And, and, you know, if something is, seems off to you or seems weird, uh, I guarantee it has been discussed by someone on the team and, and either is, is being worked on or there's a good reason that it's not happening. Um, that's not going to be true 100% of the time we make mistakes. But, uh, but, but I think that's like really important for people to know. Um, like, it, you know, we, we have our own internal chat um, that, where people provide feedback. And a lot of what goes in there is very similar to what, to what we see from the community. And, and I mean that in, in a positive way. It's, it's like people are, are calling out and reinforcing things that are, that are frustrating for them. And that's the kind of stuff that we want to take action on. So, so, you know, you, no one has to believe us. Like you're, we're not entitled to, to your belief. Uh, uh, but, 
Uh, I do want people to know that that we play the game and we we care as much as you do because we're actually players. I've been on teams where that is not true, uh, and that's really depressing. Uh, that is a hundred percent not the case on this team. Like this team is made up of people who love Overwatch. Love to hear. Yeah, you, you yeah. took my uh, my my cop out answer as well, which which is true by the way. Like we actually are trying to listen, but uh, given that you've disqualified that, I, I think my my other answer would be just like calling back to something I said before, which is like we're launching season three right now, and and our goal is like decades of Overwatch two content and seasons and stuff, and so like. It's our job, I think, that every single season we are making the game better. We are showing instead of talking about how we're doing that and, and releasing features that improve the game, making changes that improve the game, bringing new content that's fun for like all of that. And, and so like I think there's also a lot of times like something that frustrates me is this like it's been two seasons. Why hasn't X? And, and like on the one hand. I have that lived experience. I play the game too. I also like am very happy that it's going to be five wins to get a new comp update instead of seven. Like that was frustrating to me. But on, but on the other hand, there's also just when you look at the development reality, like there can be a whole bunch of things that we want to make better about the game. The team is working hard on it. And you're just you're not going to see for a little bit. And and we're on this sort of long term like every season should be better. Um and 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 I think that's the goal for us and in some cases it's not we can change that thing tomorrow but rather we know we have something that we need to prioritize and, and we'll continue to make better as as um consistently and, and quickly as we can yeah i, I want to be i want to be doing you know shows like this from my retirement home basically like like i want to get to the point where we have such a like long-lived community and, and like a game that kind of you know transcends time you know whatever cheesy thing you want to say that, that like we can all enjoy it together for a long time to come and i think you know when i think about the game in terms of like is everything going to be fixed in season three is everything going to be fixed in season four or whatever i mean the answer is no everything will never be fixed this is like the, the way that these games work is they're constantly a work in progress people change like the way that they play games change um uh, the game's market changes and expectations change like we have to be we have to be adaptable to that and and so when I think about the game, I'm like, a year from now, what do we want to be true? And then if that's what we want to be true, then how do we get there? So thinking about making the game more rewarding is a good example of that. It's like, a year from now, this game needs to feel amazing in terms of being rewarding. And we get there by doing 20 or 30 things along the way. And so it's it's going to be an incremental thing. But um, but yeah, I think just just thinking yeah. about this in the long term and, and knowing that we're we're here for, for the long haul is, is good for people to keep in mind. Hey Jared, our um our community team has relayed an urgent message from Twitch chat. People would like to know your dog's name. Yes, I was gonna say, uh, please, can you do two things for me, Jared? Can you a tell us yeah. the dog's name and can then you please go pet it really quick because it has been a yeah. very good boy and it deserves it. Yeah, hold on, it. I'll be right back. His name is Archie. He's eleven years old. He's a French bulldog. Hold on. Uh, Archie, love it. And I, I really do. I know Jared can't hear this. There you go, guys. The dog. Yes. Yeah. Yes! Say, say whatever you want now. He can't hear you. Yes. Pet the dog. Yes. I mean, no, I just wanted to say that I'm really thankful for you guys for giving me your time. Uh, both you, John and Jared. Oh, my goodness. What a dog. Uh, and I really appreciate you guys being here and, and being so honest and being so upfront. Oh, stop it's really stop talking about him now. He's back. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, sorry. Okay. Arrested He's development, mad, bad show, bad show. He's mad. Oh, we disturbed yeah. his nap. I'm sorry, Archie. Sorry, Archie. But he's, yeah, he sleeps I mean, 23 hours a day. Same. That's a vibe. Oh, yeah, there we go. He's, he's, he's walking out. I, th I think that's probably our show then, right? Yes, I think so. So I just want to thank you so much again. Uh, great to know you guys are invested in the long term as well. I mean, a retirement home Overwatch crew is both nightmare fuel and dream dream fuel. So hopefully more of the latter, less of the former. Thank you again so much for being communicative with me and giving me your time. Uh, and yeah, thank, I hope everyone's appreciative. Everyone's enjoyed this. And yeah, anything you guys want to say before I let you get going? I know you guys got meetings. Uh, yeah. Should I shill for? Yeah, I'll shill for season three. Season three uh, starts yes. starts in a week. You guys should come check it out and play. It's gonna be awesome. There. Yeah, go play out. season uh, three. Thank you for playing at all. Thank you. I appreciate the time. And and thanks for having us on. Like I I, I love doing stuff like this. And so the, the more we can do it in the future, the better. I love it as well. I love having you guys here. Thank you so much. And please start a Jared versus John rank for who gets higher rank season three. Let's find out. It's it's all all the chips on the line. Let's go. Thank you very uh, much, guys. Peace out.